Roger. Yeah, I think it's pulling the wrong one. I'm just, okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Welcome, Welcome to, to Live Tape, Tape Podcast, also known as Hands on the Branch, also known as Daddy's Big Red Truck, where I am the owner, operator, driver, uh, crew, pit chief, chief pit crew, the, 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 the chief of the, the crew pit, the crew pit chief, me, Jason Pepperhouse, aka Jimmy Jackson, also known as Kevin Tipcorn, also just me, Johnny Pemberton here. On the executive buffet. Thanks everybody for being here. Thanks for dipping your toes in, picking up that crispy bacon, and heading over to a nice vinyl bench where you're gonna your ass again. We're gonna get really sweaty if you sit there for for long. So you're gonna eat that bacon quick and probably get, burn yourself on some coffee. That's maybe not that great, but this is the executive buffet. So we've got an espresso option. It'll be hand pulled for you. Hand pulled espresso. Thanks for being here, everybody. I have an amazing guest today, someone who I have wanted to talk to for a long time because he has somehow impeccable music taste, which I didn't think was possible, but he does. He's also a brilliant comedian and an amazing writer for the Jimmy Kimmel program and a fucking badass drummer, and he's going to be a saxophone player soon. His name is Brian Cook, and we have a long, wonderful discussion about... Man, we, we, get, we get deep with the music stuff, for real. You're going to love it. Uh, but before we start, you should know that you can catch me on Twitch probably about maybe three to four times a week, at least twice. That's twitch.tv slash justmynipples. Twitch.tv slash justmynipples. It's free to follow me there. So there's no excuse. It's so much fun. I feel like this is the only thing right now. During this, uh, whatever I'm going to call this time, some people call it a pandemic, some people just call it, let's just call it the new... Do you mean the new normal? That's we all call it the new normal. <laughs> it's the new normal. Can you please stop saying that word? Just please. It's the opposite of Daddy's Big Red Truck, but Twitch is wonderful. It's super fun. Everyone there is cool and funny, and we have a great time. So if you like the podcast, you'll love the Twitch cast. It's twitch.tv slash just my nipples come join also if you want audio access to additional flavors and treats stuff like that we have a patreon it's patreon.com slash live to tape that's patreon.com slash live to tape also if you could please rate review and subscribe to the podcast it's uh surely doesn't hurt but it definitely helps okay I've 
in the mid. We're not moved in yet. Okay. So it's a, my life's a nightmare. It's first world problems. Yeah, uh, but, but moving, so yeah, moving actually does suck. Moving to me feels yeah. like um, like a primitive thing where it's like you know what I mean. Like until like every time I've ever moved, I remember like when I first moved, like years ago, I talked to my therapist and they were like, yeah, you know that's considered to be um. Uh, one of the most stressful things before, after, right after a death of a family member, moving is supposed to be the most stressful right. thing in your life. Yeah, yeah. Even though it it's feels insane. like fun and cool, but you're like, I, I don't smell myself. Do I live here? <laughs> yeah, it's very off-putting. And I've this is the longest I've lived. Uh, I've been in Silver Lake for eight years, just wow. over eight years. And that's the longest I've lived in one place since I was, you know, living in my parents' home as a kid. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy, but it's also, I, I'm so stoked to get out of a one-bedroom apartment. It's also nice to get the fuck out of uh, hipsterdom, right? <laughs> I mean, Silver Lake is. Uh, Silver Lake is. Pretty, I like it there. Yeah, I like Silver Lake I mean, too. It's, but it's hard to say like what it even is at this point. Everything's fucking closed. Like Jay's is gone. That was where I was three nights a week. Oh really? I have bar? no idea. Yeah, Sunset? yeah, yeah. They shut down almost immediately, and. Uh, I have no idea if the Virgil's coming back. Like the sign's still up, but I don't know if I'll have a show or anything. I live across from the Virgil currently, which was oh. like, you know, running a show there for seven years and walking across the street was amazing. Yeah. That's a it's dream. Crazy how many Plus I was like taken for granted. Oh yeah. It's I mean significant now. I don't know. I think I bragged about that a lot. So I don't think I took it for granted that and taking the subway to work. Like I, I yeah. just get dialed in for a few years there, but uh, that's all changed. I didn't know you were a subway guy. Uh, yeah, because I live right there. You know, Vermont and Santa Monica was a block away. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who live by there who would not. There's a lot of people in this town who would never take public transit. Yes. I took my buddy on the subway for the first time, and he went to USC and has lived here for 12 years or something. Yeah. it's I, I, When I first moved here, I had roommates who that's all only we got around. They all had cars, mm -hmm. but it was like this thing where it was almost like a like a source of pride. Like we're gonna take the subway because it's super cool and fun, and it was. <laughs> no, we... it's not. It's neither of those things. It's fucking I mean, gross. I think it's fun. It's pretty fun compared to New York. It's pretty damn clean. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. no question. The New York subway system. I don't. I, it, I also like the fact that nobody uses it here. Like, totally, you're never crammed onto a car unless there's a rally downtown. You know. Yeah, you feel like you're like a. I don't know. I feel like Jack Reacher or some shit, right? Doesn't he take public transit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the the, you're like a socialist <laughs> yeah. warrior of some sorts. <laughs> I saw that movie with Kinane when we were in Tacoma, Washington. The new one or the second? The second one or the uh, old no, one? no, the, the first one. I think the uh, first one is awesome. It was laugh out loud funny. I don't know if it yeah, was supposed to be, but it's we the were best. cracking up. <laughs> yeah, I think dumb. yeah, I'm a big fan of all that type of trash. Yeah. It's you gotta love it, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Some I think people get a little too into the so bad it's good thing sometimes, but you Yeah. Know, I don't know. Jack Reacher, I, th I think, walked the line. A lot of times I think there's like the whole so bad it's good thing isn't really a real thing. I feel like it's not so bad it's good. It's so good that it's good. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> or like, so bad that it's bad. Yeah, or like uh yeah, I guess it kinda depends on I think if if you're watching something though, it's like you're watching it. Right. Right. You're taking yeah. your time. We got up. you either way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It's it is funny though when sometimes those movies like one person in it is is like winking, and the yeah. rest of the cast is taking it seriously, and that's the that's the funniest to me. And I, I always think of um, uh, 
uh, oh shit, what is it? It's basically Fast and the Furious, but with motorcycles. Oh, um, what is that? How old it's a is one it? word title. Um, maybe a decade. Oh, see, I don't know then. I don't think I know. Uh, Adam Scott is like the FBI agent or something. Okay. And so he's, he's the only the one in it. <laughs> yeah. You can just tell every time That's he funny. delivers like the stupidest line ever that he knows it's the stupidest line ever. And everyone else is like a hot dude or lady with fucking abs and trying to like be like breakout, uh, action stars. Did you see GI uh, Joe, the movie? No, but that was kind of like that too, wasn't it? Yeah, Walt Goggins is the one of the he's the villain and he's kind of like oh, that way dude. where he just he's going for broke, man. I will watch Crazy. anything with Walt Goggins. Me too. I feel like he can't do anything anything wrong. He's such a nut. Yeah. I got to try harder with um uh what's the FX series? I'm great with names. What's the FX series <laughs> that he was on? Justified. Okay, I've never watched it, but I feel like it's probably got to be cuz Timothy Oliphant, right? Yeah, he's so, also great. Yeah. I got to give it a better shot because I've heard that if you, it's one of those like, yeah, if you get seven hours in, it gets good. That's, uh, I feel like I never have time for that shit. I know. I give up yeah. very easily. I give up halfway through pilots most of the time. Yeah. I feel like uh, I have no patience for that stuff. I don't, I don't like anything it's like I'm supposed to like. I feel like if I'm supposed to like it, then I'm like, I don't want to like it. <laughs> or I'm supposed I to mean, like it. Maybe I don't. I will I will try if people I trust recommend something, but I will also give the fuck up if I can't. I've tried The Sopranos and I've tried uh, uh, um, The Wire like three times each, and I just can't do it. That's funny because I tried The Wire too, and I like okay, I get why people like this, but I'm just not in. Nope, yeah. I can't even get through the first episode. I can't oh, wow. listen to that guy say "snot boogie" over and over again, and he keeps saying it, and it, I just have to shut it off. Was that McNulty? I don't know. This is years ago. Yeah. The main guy. Yeah, probably. I, I always, uh, like, throughout this whole pandemic shit, I, I, f I think we're one of the few people on Twitter I haven't muted, but I always feel like... Oh, thanks, uh, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have haven't muted that many people, but I feel like the algorithm now, I think how it works is it, it shows you, if you like a lot of people's tweets, they show you more of their tweets, like, up front, you know? Yes. You don't actually see yes. their real timeline. So I feel like I see maybe... 15 people's tweets first before I say anything else. Yeah. I see you Sometimes like, I try to try to game it that I'll be like, I haven't heard anything that such and such has had to say in a while. And so I'll go in and like, Oh, like a bunch. five in a row just to try to get into my timeline. Uh, I should do that actually. But also I feel like it's working for me because I don't see a lot of stuff I hate anymore. <laughs> yeah. Did you switch it to, um, you can switch it from, I think Orbital told me this from, a. uh, uh most popular to most recent, like if you switch, and then oh. it's just whoever you fall, because then you get way less of the like some dipshit. You know how everything is just like a oh, a yeah. dumb person says an obvious statement, and then three million people retweet, retweet it. it with this. Yeah, yeah, and then it shows it to you. Like I don't follow this person. I don't follow the person who's yeah. retweeting it. It's like oh, but you might your friend like this, so maybe you right. would also like it. It's like <laughs> fuck <Yeah>. you. <laughs> no, my friend liked that because he's a horny, lonely jerk. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, it's, it's a totally different thing. Some like completely. hot fucking famous person said something an open micer would say and a million people retweeted, but like, I don't, comics should know better. Yeah, but they don't, especially now because we're all <laughs> fucking don't. losing our goddamn minds. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's true, man. People are snapping. Oh, yeah. My buddy sent me a voicemail. I'm not going to, you wouldn't want to play it on your show, but I'll, I'll text it to you. His okay. cousin is a, um, 
a property manager in Ohio and he sent him this voicemail from one of his tenants and it's just like shit's oh. popping off all over just like nice. a guy threatening to murder his neighbor and yeah people are just uh we're not meant to do deal with this this long i think people are just they're at their wits end aren't they yeah yeah it's do you have roommates and stuff no i live with my wife so it's just oh, okay. i guess I, yeah i guess I you know i do i have two roommates i have a large dog who's the size <laughs> of a person and i have a woman who i'm married, married. to so that's basically i have two roommates yeah Oh, that's, me that's two facts I didn't know about you. Well, there we go. <laughs> if this yeah, dog wants to, I mean, well, I'll look at your wife too. But I, no, I mean, I've always, I've always appreciated you as a comic, <laughs> uh, and it's always nice seeing you. Yeah, I also always appreciate your opinions because you're you're someone who has very, very strong opinions about a lot of stuff, and I always see <laughs> you voicing them. And a lot of times, I'm like, like when I see when I see someone being really aggressively opinionated about music, I'm always like. I'm on board, and especially if it's I agree with it. Like I see you say stuff about ska or about the band Morphine or something like that. I'm like, oh shit! Yeah. It just makes me, uh, I don't know. Like it makes me feel the same way. Like if you're like pissed about something that sucks, I'm like, I feel the same fucking way about that <laughs> shit. And it's, it's so fun, nice to right? have some, hear someone else say it. Yeah, I, sometimes I'm just <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the only reasons anyone has ever asked me to do podcasts that are just like like chatty fun podcasts right. are just to talk about either Taylor Swift or the Boston's because they're mystified that I'm like a huge vocal proponent of Sky and bad pop music that most people who are 42 year old dudes don't listen to. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Ska thing for me is not super, a super mystery because there's a lot of people in like this age bracket who are ska fans but there's also a lot of people who fucking hate ska which i feel yes. like is the most lame tired opinion oh dude like, it's the it funniest break. thing i talk yeah. about this with brandy a lot is like cause, you know she's a big brandy posey great comic friend right. of ours she, you know she she waves the flag for ska hard totally and uh it's it's funny because it's like you know, the, the punk rock dudes all wanted to be the like rejected society doesn't get us, man. Yeah. Look at me. I'm going to be different. Punk rock is like the most main, like Green Day had a Broadway show. Fuck off. Yeah, they're like Meanwhile, hedge fund managers now. <laughs> yeah, those dudes are billionaires. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like the Boston's have been doing it since 1985 or something. They've got a dozen albums. Yeah, they've, you know, took a hiatus in the middle. But basically they've been doing this for 30 plus years. And they fucking rule. Like, go to a Boston show and try not to have a good time. I've never been to a uh, Boston show. I mean, I'm more of a big reggae fan, but I feel like the crossover is pretty. You know, it's pretty. It's a pretty easy connection. Like, I oh yeah, see, for sure. I've seen Ken Booth live, and like that's Ken like Booth. you know, that's like first wave. You know, Jamaican ska. Oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I've heard the name, but I I can't yeah. quite know uh, her music. Uh. Well, it's a guy, Ken Booth. And he, I think he just passed oh, away recently. Yeah, Ken. Got it. What do you think I said? Kim. Oh, Kim. Kim Booth. That would be a cool name. Yeah. It's a crossover between <laughs> Sonic cool Youth name. and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, I mean, that's like a ska, he's ska stuff, but it was one of the greatest shows I've ever been to. You know, I feel like some of that stuff is just, yeah, ska is so fun. I feel like that's why people yeah. hate it, right? Because it's so unabashedly fun. People don't like it. Well, Cause it's not serious yeah, but enough. like, I, and I understand that opinion. I don't listen to like the Aquabats. I, I respect them. They've been around forever, but I don't yeah. like the goofy Scott stuff. People lump it all together. The Boston's are a fucking 
hardcore band with a horn section. Like they're not hardcore, yeah. but like they're a fucking, you know, they coined the term Skycore in the eighties and it's, you know, it's, it's like working class fucking great sing-along lyrics and, you know, it's songs about real shit and heartbreak and it's yeah. not like goofy, you know, guys who were in marching band in high school is like the, you know, the stereotype of That's every fucking ska band. Case. These guys were working class fucking dipshits in Boston, you know, they're not. You're from the East Coast, right? Thing. Yeah, I grew up in Maine, about two hours uh, northeast of Boston. Because that's like, Sorry, Ma Maine's a lot different, though, than Boston, right? Isn't Maine kind of like the secret redneck capital? Oh, very much. But so is Boston. Really? Boston's incredibly racist. Oh, yeah. They're racist. I mean, more like, like rednecks, like uh, not just racist, but also like, um, you know, people who live, people who shit outside regularly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, if you get outside Boston, Massachusetts is like that too, for sure. But Maine is, yeah, Maine is, uh, you know, Portland, Maine is is what every yeah. city has turned into. Eight dollar beers in every bar, and and the the abandoned warehouses are all boutiques and and breweries and coffee roasteries. It's great. I mean, you know, it's a it's a fun town. It's cool to hang out there, and the water's pretty. But yeah, I've been there. One you get time. outside. Oh yeah. Yeah, I went comedy. I was like, no, it was years ago. It was, I was working on this MTV show and I was like, we were there for just a day and I fell in love. But this was like 11 years ago. So that was kind of right when it was turning. Oh my God. It was so nice. I had one of the best sandwiches and soups I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. The food there's, I mean, yeah. it's insane. Maine in the, I mean, go to Maine in the summer and just eat lobster the whole time. It's, it's dirt cheap and delicious. But, I feel like but yeah, you get, you get outside the nice cities like Portland, the nice city of Portland, the rest. Or like Brunswick is up the coast a little ways. It's a college town. That's a nice little right. town. Yeah, where I grew up was fucking trailer parks and trash. Really, was, I got out of there before that? meth. But uh, my folks were like, you know, uh, school teachers and good people. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't grow up rough, other than having a bunch of rednecks calling me gay slurs in the hallway. You know, but my <laughs> home life was good. Why did they call you that? Because you because you like the Boston's. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> Anything. If 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 your yeah. dad beats you up, you call everybody else gay. That's just how it works. Yeah, yeah. If you have if you have Carhartt, that's not filthy dirty. <laughs> oh no, their Carhartts were filthy dirty for sure. Okay. It's it's yeah. it's a rough working class area. Former mill town, you know, very depressed. Yeah. Not even mill tannery. Former tannery. Oh, town. that's even worse. There's all the chemicals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many tanning were, chemicals that are bad by the time for your I brain. Was born. Oh, sure. And they used, to, I mean, that stuff used to just get dumped in the rivers. Mm -hmm. It was just, yeah. uh, that was just what you did. Tanneries or, uh, or um, any place that like manufactured and dyed uh, clothing that's just dumped in the fucking river. Is there Who like cares? a main accent as opposed to, isn't it like a slightly different accent yeah. up there? Yeah. There's Maine versus Boston's a little more like, it, but there's a couple different variations of it for sure. But like where I grew up, it's very kind of nasally uh, and like muttery and kind of talk to your nose like this and barely move your jaw. <laughs> it's not as aggressive as a, as a like a you know typical Boston guy or yeah. You know. It's yeah, it's weird and specific. Are, the Boston guys are so like fucking, more rested. Boston guys enunciate constantly all fucking enunciation and then Maine's just fucking mushmouth fucking dipshits like that. <laughs> That's that. That's the major difference. It's like a Boston accent while keeping the cigarette in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, instead of spitting it in the face. Yeah, you fucking. Yeah, you fucking queer. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Have you watched, uh, I, I, I can't stop talking about this show and I just watched it two nights ago for the first time. Have you seen Wayne? Wayne? Yeah. I never heard of it. No one's heard of it and it pisses me off. It, How do it I was see apparently, it? Uh, it's, on, it's on Amazon and it's on okay. YouTube Red. Apparently it was originally a YouTube Red original. Right. And they uh, dropped it after a season and, it, and then Amazon bought the rights and Amazon, I guess, might make a second season. But it just came out in 2020. I don't know when exactly. Um, but it's just, it's about this high school kid uh, in Brockton, Massachusetts, which is working class, you right. know, tough town right outside Boston. And uh, it's just this kid uh, goes on a road trip to get a Trans Am back that his uh, stepdad stole from his real dad. Damn. It, it, he's in Florida. So it's just like trash to trash, fucking Brockton, Massachusetts to. Damn. Uh, some shit town in Florida. He's on a motorbike with his girlfriend. And it's just this like 17 year old mass hole, dirty Harry, just writing wrongs and beating the shit out of people. I'm going to watch like this kind today. of a little dude, dude. It's dude. The pilot is so fucking fun and satisfying. I can't believe this thing wasn't bigger, except that it's like, it's very dark and everyone's dad is abusive. And it takes place in a very bleak, part of the country where everyone's a fucking scumbag i'm into but like it. if you're from there you're like fuck yeah burn that house down like, wayne is that, the, is that the guy's name i assume yeah main character's uh just named wayne i remember i knew a kid named wayne in elementary school and wayne was <laughs> he was a wayne you know what i mean he was like <laughs> like let's I do remember dueling wayne's because i got a good wayne oh well this wayne was like uh he looked like how an adult like welder or uh, pipe fitter would look. Yeah, like he, sure. In my memory, he has a beard, but it's not possible. But he had like <laughs> right, a very like square head, you know, and kind of like, uh, I don't know how to describe that kind of hair, but it's like a certain type of um, older redneck haircut where it's almost like a page boy, but it's not nice. Like a long, okay. like a, like a Arthur, you know, the longer kind of haircut. But, uh-huh. I remember when I learned about the band Fountains of Wayne in college, every time I'd hear the band name Fountains of Wayne, in my mind, that band name, and I never never bothered to check up on this because it just made sense to me. It was a joke. The band name was Fountains of Wayne, meaning like fountains of guys named Wayne. Yeah, I never understood it. Well, it's it's because they're from a... they're from a place in New Jersey called Wayne. There was a store called Fountains of Wayne. But in my oh, head, whoa, whoa. in my head, the band name Fountains of Wayne meant it was like a fountain of guys named Wayne. <laughs> sure. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, like it's guys a bad who, band name. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> but I never realized it because to me, Wayne is such an evocative name that it seems like you could say like, you know, <laughs> it's like if you say like Fountains of Johnny or something, you know, it would have, bring something to mind to me as opposed to Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, because Wayne does sound like it could be a number of different things, not just like a guy's name. But to me, it's always just been a guy's name. You know what I mean? Like the, the name right. Wayne. Who is your Wayne that you knew? Oof, I, it's actually a dark story that maybe we shouldn't go into. Oh, I think we should. Now we have to. <laughs> that's what the listeners dude, crave. I, so I went to elementary school with this dude. and Oh, actually, that's not true. I met him in junior high okay. and, uh, and then went to high school with him. And he was like, he was the dude that like had porn before everybody, you know? which oh, I yeah. think I think uh, can fuck you up if you're not already fucked up. And he like he would hide it in his bedroom in such an elaborate specific manner. He had a, a Zelda map like of the world of Zelda, right? right? 
from like a Nintendo Power magazine or something that was hung up on his wall. And then he would close his door and take the tax out and fold it down and then fold out all of the, the center folds and stuff that he had cut out of various magazines. He's like fucking Andy Dufresne here doing some Shawshank <laughs> shit. It's, yeah, it's a little Andy Dufresne. It's a little American Psycho. Wow. And he would just, I guess, stand there and whack off and then fucking fold it back up and, and you know, God. no one knew, knew any better. But that was when we were like 13 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and then fast forward to uh, after high school, he like knocked up a, a 15 or 16 year old and she had his kid. And we were like, you know, 24 or something at that point. And uh, then he got busted for kitty porn and went to prison. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Yeah, Wayne fucked up. Dude. Oops. Yep. Wayne's yeah. Wayne's Wayne's gone now, huh? Yeah, I don't I haven't talked to him. Really? Why not? <laughs> kind of lost touch. You lost touch. How how when did you lose touch with Wayne? Right after that or right before it? Uh, I didn't talk to him after high school. I saw him okay. one time in Seattle. He came out. So I moved to Seattle right after college with my best friend from uh, from growing up from like forever. And he was still friends with that dude after high school. And I wasn't. And he came out and hung out with us once in like 2003 or four or something. Damn. But I haven't talked to him since. Yeah, that was all pre uh, pre prison. Did you move to pre- Seattle to do comedy? No, I moved to Seattle to do music. Uh, I went to college for music and then got out and was supposed to be working on a cruise ship in the Mediterranean. Like oh my a, God, know, this is 22 awesome. 22-year-old. Were you going to oh, be yeah, a cruise was, ship musician? I was going to be a cruise ship musician. Uh, I almost had to graduate early. They, it was this company and they offered me a contract in Alaska. And they were like, but you got to be there um, like what, mid-August or something. Wow. And so I would have had to try to get out of the last couple weeks of school. And I was humming and humming and hawing. Is that a term over it? And then uh, they called me back. I don't know, a few days later, and they're like, "Oh, or you can wait until mid-September, and we'll send you to this this route that goes between um, uh, Barcelona and uh, um, Portugal, uh, wow. Lisbon, like through yeah. the Straits of Gibraltar, back and forth." And I was like, "Oh, obviously, like that's the fucking move." And then they dicked me out of my contract last minute because they had too many. They had more drummers than they thought they needed, I guess. You're a drummer? And uh, yeah, yeah. Originally, that was like what I went to school for. And then um, I had a, so I was, I thought I was like staying at my parents' house like mm-hmm. for two weeks until I trotted off to the Mediterranean for six months. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh no, I just live with my parents now. This is no good for anybody. And my buddy from high school was moving to go to college and see, we're the same age, but he just hadn't, he'd taken four years off. It was about to go to college outside Seattle. And uh, I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go with you and try to, you know, this was, I got there right when everything was cooling off music wise. Great timing. Okay. 2000, really the year to move to Seattle. Yeah. Right when it was like a joke. Yes, exactly. Right when everyone was making fun of all of those fantastic fucking bands yeah. that are now considered classic rock. Mud Honey. Yeah. Mud Honey are phenomenal. Tad, dude, you ever listen to Tad? I've listened to a little bit of Tad. Isn't Tad what like the band that kind of like got Kurt into guitar or something like that? Was they're like you know the lumberjack funny? band, right? Yeah, no, that you're thinking of of uh, Screaming Trees. Okay, but they like Screaming Trees were the were the so that was Mark Lanigan, right? Okay, and the two brothers who were like massive. They're all huge yeah, dudes, but the brothers were like dudes. fat. Yeah, yeah, and so they they didn't you know. Here you've got Soundgarden on the one hand with like 
you know, Chris is like the most beautiful man who's oh ever walked god. the fucking planet with a voice like a god. Yeah, unfair, I mean, just, unfair, completely unfair. That whole band, like just good looking dudes. I mean, yeah. he's he's an Adonis, right? But like Matt Cameron, super handsome guy, right? Kim Fail, fucking handsome guy with a cool beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, yeah, then you had you uh, uh, Screaming Trees Screaming are trees. like dudes from the fucking woods. They're from a, a rodeo town in um, oh, in Jesus. rural Washington. Uh, that I can't remember the name of because, uh, again, names have gone out the fucking window for me three years ago. Yeah. But yeah, you know, what's funny is right before this shit happened, I started reading this like 600 page book called Everybody Loves Our Town. That's just an oral history of the grunge era. And it's great. It's like every, like all these obscure bands I, that I had maybe heard of, but never listened to. And also like, couldn't afford to just buy fucking CDs. I had no money right. ever. And now you're like, wow, great. I just go on Spotify and hear every band I ever wanted to fucking hear. But uh, it's, and that, so <laughs> when the fucking pandemic was sh- shutting down our office, we all thought like, all right, we'll be back in, in the, these two weeks that it will take to flatten this curve, right? This is Kimmel? Kimmel, yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, I brought the book to my office to, to read like between fucking assignments. And uh, still there. That was the, like the day before <laughs> I like remember dropping it off. Like, okay, I'm going to finish this goddamn book if I read it work. And then uh, I have not set foot in that office in almost a year. Man, it's really funny so how I've many forgotten. things we, we, how many, how many of us, how everyone was like, yeah, well, you know, it's going to be, it's just going to be a temporary thing. It's just going to, we just got, you know, it's going to be sucked for a few weeks. It's going to be a, a, guys, a rough month. Guys, buckle down. Buckle down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just let's get through the next two weeks and everything is going to be fine. Insanity. Yeah, going on a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Almost not, a year, nine right? months. But We're pretty months. close to a yeah. year. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I hate it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record as saying I think that the pandemic is bad. You don't approve of it. I also will second that. I do not approve of uh, of the lifestyle that I have to live. I'm not enjoying no. it. I don't love it. Nope. I would like to get publicly drunk and listen to. Uh, <laughs> I want to go see uh, the Jesus Lizard play, or dude, maybe uh, anything where I'm worried about my physical safety. <laughs> <laughs> anything. Yeah, man, that shit. Like, ugh, I this summer I like. I got a, a, a little um, projector that's like the size of a fucking tall boy, right? Just a little, mm-hmm. little three hundred dollar guy. It doesn't it doesn't go like huge, but uh, if you have a screen that's you know yay yeah. big, I had a little patio at my apartment, and so that was that was like how I got through the withdrawal this summer. Was just like put on a fucking Van Halen concert from nineteen eighty two, right? Get hammered on my patio, pretend I'm at a concert. Like oh. I missed that shit like ugh, I, I can't say I took it for granted because it's all I ever wanted to do was go watch bands and fucking hang out but it's I still like the, yeah. the intensity to which I miss that is uh, palpable on a daily basis it's crazy you can't even like uh, some of the things you can't even really remember because it's not like a uh, it's almost like a sense memory of sorts where right you know I I can think about all the concerts and all the shows I've been to and how much fun they were and everything. I could even watch a live show, but it's just, it's not this, it's something about it where you're not, if you're not there, it doesn't really even count at all. Like it's just, it's totally, just, it's nothing close to it. It's just, Does, yeah. I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. Like I'm, yeah. I love so much that 
there's all this shit on YouTube that you can just pull up and be like, oh, totally. sure. It's pretty great. Live Aid. W w let's watch that. Like, there's so much of that shit that I never saw. And obviously so much that nobody could possibly watch all yeah. of. Uh, and, it, you know, it helps. It helps to watch grainy footage of, you know, David Lee Roth doing fucking jump splits off the stage in the 80s. But it's, yeah, it's it's nothing nothing like the real thing. Nothing. Like, just watch. That was the worst, man. Watching all of those emails come in, like, because this hit, everyone sells tickets for summer concerts six months in advance now. Yeah. So I had like all my fuck my Greek schedules set up, you know, all this shit that I was gonna go. See. I had fucking Wilco tickets, Afghan wigs, like all my favorite bands were coming to town. Boston's were playing the Greek with with uh, Madness and like. Holy shit! Uh, that would be a cool ticket. Uh, God, a couple other. Yeah. Well, it got rescheduled for you know the end of August this summer, but we'll see. Yeah. Who knows? But I mean... uh, it's it's a drag. Yeah. It's crazy how, I mean, I, I feel the worst for musicians right now. Cause that seems like you really just, there's nothing you can, I don't know how they're even handling it. It seems kind of like a, cause if you're a comedian, yeah. you can kind of, you know, you never were, nothing was ever good for you if you're a comedian. You know what <laughs> no, I mean? absolutely not. Like you have no control at all. You're already fucking, you're a lunatic. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, we do have more control than a lot of people because no one can tell us when it's not like acting where you, you can only do yeah. it if somebody puts you in something, you know, to a certain extent. I guess but that's I what know I mean, what you mean. though. It's like you, you have control as a comedian to where you can kind of like supplement it with other things, but there's just no replacement for a live performance if you're a musician. It's kind of, you know, it's just not the same. Yeah, I, I see. I feel the same about comedy, though. Like, I'm not doing Zoom shows. I love doing a podcast. I love doing, like, Zoom a, shows. A, no I have good. no interest in doing stand-up on the internet. And, you know, I'm not good. God bless the people that are that are putting the time in to run those and giving yeah. people an outlet and whatnot. I go, it's rad. I just don't have any interest. It doesn't scratch the itch for me. Like, no, it's like a, it's almost like a bleeder valve. That doesn't even work. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I want to be in a dark bar with a PBR and yelling at six people. Like that is truly my favorite thing about comedy. Six. We have quoted six. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute. Six people at the Virgil who are like into it. Great. Oh yeah, totally. Or like Sam Wiles show or something, just like a good bar show. A couple people being too loud that you can tell to shut the fuck up. Oh, it's a dream. <laughs> That's all I wanted. I haven't set foot in a club in like five years. I don't care if I ever do it again. I just want to yell at people in bars. Yeah. Clubs are, uh, I feel like this, the whole thing is undermined just how crappy they really actually are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, oops, it's funny. you guys like, sucked and you really suck. I mean, there's a couple good clubs, obviously. There's some that are, sure. but um, the ones but man, that are Even some of the ones, ones that people raved about for years, like once I finally did a few of them, like worked my way up and I'm like, I'm not going to name names because they're right. good people and I don't have any problem with any of them. But like places people raved about and then you'd show up and be like, really? This is what everyone has said for 25 years is the best club in the country or whatever? I think a lot of the places that people like a lot, it seems to me, it's the people who work there. Like uh, like comedy works in Denver. I did that for the first time in basically this time last year. Okay. And, and it was like, it's obviously, it's not spectacular in terms of the way it looks or anything, but everyone who works there were like so the nice. most friendly people I've ever met. Like there were, there would be people who would work at one comedy works and they would bust their ass to get over to the other one to see someone's show. Like, oh, wow. Like, that's cool. I wouldn't do that for anything. 
<laughs> you like comedy that much? Like, what the fuck? That's so crazy. They are, they are so nice there. And that's, yeah. that is not, uh, I, I had like the best worst experience on stage there. And also I've never like worked it as a, as a booked comic. I've just done guest sets there with like, right. uh, Justine Marino one time. And actually that might be it. And I had a blast, uh, that weekend, but I did their new talent night, which is, you know, glorified open mic. They just have to know who you are. Uh, and got like so aggressively booed that they had to throw people out, and it was that's kind of cool. Some of though. the most oh, it was some of the most fun I've ever had on stage. Why did you get it, so it was, booed? Because <laughs> I made fun of the state flag of Colorado. That's all it took. What, dude? Colorado is such a cult. Denver and like people out there, it's such a fucking cult. It's insane. And I literally the joke was, uh, it was nice of you to let a special needs kid design your flag, and they, literally people were standing up. Fuck you. Fuck you. Wow. Get the fuck off the stage. Screaming. And then That's the staff funny. afterward were laughing their asses off. They're like, dude, we've never had to throw so many people out of this club in, in one night before. That's that was great. amazing. <laughs> that was I was making fun of John like... Ramsey when I was there. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Denver. Hell yeah. yeah. Or it's Boulder. Hero. You Boulder. can't do that. Pretty close. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rich yeah it Denver. was great. And also, like, knowing, you know, five feet backstage is it like ben roy dying laughing at me eating my shit up there and, and you know all of our all of our goofball denver pals like it was it was so fun it was a absolute blast did you used to but live yeah, everyone there's great no i just that was like a place that i would go a lot because i had a really flexible schedule when i lived in seattle mm -hmm. and flights were cheap and uh i would just go out and do the grolics like two or three times a year because it was and you know fine gentlemen's club and all those classic alt shows out there yeah that place is great it's fucking it's the it's, best man it's outstanding and you, you know all the comics out there are like the best funniest fucking guys and gals yeah it's so good it's it's like minneapolis or something or it just feels like i've never been to minneapolis well um it's good it's pretty <laughs> damn good wait are you from jersey is that what you said earlier no, i'm from minnesota Oh, you're from Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Did you start it at the no. one of the, those hot shit clubs? No, I didn't. I started here. Started in LA. Oh, no shit. So no shit. I'm like one of those weird people who, you know, grew up uh, being abused. <laughs> like this is normal. <laughs> it feels good. Right. I like it. Yeah. This is I terrible. Mean, I came up in a in an awful scene. Like I, the Seattle scene was not good at all. I totally get it. Really? I thought it was Everyone supposed to be great. It's fucking garbage. The Portland scene was great. Seattle okay. was a fucking nightmare. The clubs were all shitty and it was awful. I mean, there were fun bar shows. We we made the best of it, but it was not like, you know, there would be articles in The Stranger, which is like the weekly, uh, you know, alt weekly paper there that are right. just like how bad comedy in Seattle is. And then, you know, <laughs> a year later, they would jump on the bandwagon and write about how great it was because it got a little bit of attention from, uh, you know, this one show called People's Republic of Comedy that, that took off up there. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the clubs are dog shit and everyone... I fucking hate Seattle. That I lived there for way too long. It's I, I hate the people. I hate the fucking shitty attitude up there. It's but so like you know, nice in a weird way. You know, I mean, it's it's very like uh, it's so pristine, kind of. You know, at least if it's beautiful. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I don't mind that sloppy ass weather. I didn't mind it for a while anyway. By the time I was leaving, it was getting to be a little bit, a little bit much. But and I still have a ton of friends back there, and it's, there's great. Great dive bar city, and some of them are still yeah. standing, which is nice. Uh, they're barely hanging on, but fuck, it's it's uh, that shit's tough everywhere. What made you stop being a, a professional drummer? I mean, I never 
professionals a stretch. I, I always had day jobs. I mean, for a decade, it was just teaching drums. Okay. Um, but you know, that's still, it wasn't like I was a, a touring. Yeah. I toured with a couple bands. Like I did some cool shit in my twenties that I wouldn't want to do now toward Europe with like avant-garde rock bands and slept on floors and squatted, you know, you know, old factories in Poland and shit. Like it was, oh, man. yeah, I mean, it was rad, but I, I it's nothing I want to be doing in my forties. You can't, they're you still can't doing do it. it. <laughs> some people are, man. It's, oh, I don't know how they, I don't I, understand that. To me, it's like a thing it's, where just not, I mean, you can do it still, but you're going to die in your fifties. Yeah, definitely. You're going to just straight up like wake up dead one day. Oh shit. I think I'm going to die. And then (laughs) I think I slept on too many floors and I'm dead. Yeah. Shit. Uh, it's, you know, when I started doing stuff on the road in comedy, that was like, I I guess for a minute I would do the, like, all right, we'll crash on the local comics couch or whatever. But I started comedy late. I was like 31 or 30. Right. So I was already like not wanting to fucking sleep on floors and I'd rather, I'd rather lose money to have a hotel room and do a yeah, bar totally. show than like wake up with like a, someone's fucking cat on you and oh. comedians bathrooms are like the grossest shitholes on the planet. Oh, I really Nice of them to let me stay there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oof. Nasty. Yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. No, I, uh, I, I stopped like concentrating on music because I lost a rehearsal space right. and got fed up uh, and uh, had always wanted to do open mic or I'd always wanted to do comedy. So I just started going to open mics and kind of pivoted immediately into comedy. And then now I'm like back the other way. Like there's no fucking stand up to do. So I'm just playing music in my house. And- yeah, you got a guitar in there. You got some tambourines and we got some piece of metal. Looks like a some kind of a it's, bell, right? What is it's, that? It's uh, oh, this is chaos. That's uh, that's all kinds of shit. Those are yeah, some weird bells. I, got, I bought a, a saxophone. Of, you this, bought a fucking saxophone. Pandemic. Is that a tenor? Yeah. No, it's a berry. Oh my god! I was gonna say. I want to say is that a baritone, but I wasn't sure because I was gonna yeah. be too excited. If it's a baritone, that's the best. That's the best instrument. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this is all because of morphine. Oh, so you're a huge Morphine fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Morphine is definitely... one of the most underrated bands ever. Fuck, they're so they're good. They're from Seattle, right? Or they're from... No, no, Boston. Oh, my God. I always get that confused because they make it seem like they're from Seattle because their music is so fucking dark and, like, heroin yeah, yeah, I totally I totally see that. Man, yeah, they're fucking... They don't, but they don't... Other than... That's the only thing you can say, like, they sound like... Because everything else about them is so unique and... and people out there don't know morphine check them out they're, yeah, they're there's no guitar it's just a bass player a, a guy that plays two saxophones at the same time and a drummer and they're the weirdest darkest but also like really listenable and poppy and melodic yeah there's so many there's so many bands where you'll hear a song and it's like oh this is clearly just their version of a morphine song oh sure yeah like trying yeah. to be because they have such a distinct sound that uh i felt yeah yep. there's nothing else really like them they're amazing. Even their, it's, even their it's, production is great too. Like they just have such like like a clean. I don't know. Yeah, I think they were one of the. Um, uh, I think Fort Apache is the is the maybe the responsible for that. They're like really? the legendary Boston studio. They were kind of like the Sunset Sound of Boston. Okay. Um, that like the Pixies and Dinosaur Junior and. That makes um, sense. I think I think I'm right. I think it's Fort Apache. There's a couple of them back there, but there's a documentary about it that I can't remember the name of, of course. But yeah, so, dude, Morphine's. So you're playing baritone sax right now? You've been learning it? Yeah, that was that was a uh, almost exactly a year ago. I think I bought it in 
February, right before the pandemic, actually, that was prescient to have uh, a, a, a hobby of like, yeah. I have absolutely no wind experience. So it's like, I know, mu- like, I have a degree, like, I know fucking notes. <laughs> you yeah, know what you I mean? can read music. I played, yeah, I played piano and guitar and shit. So it's not like starting from nothing, but I also, you know, it's still a wind instrument. So it's a very different thing. So how often do you play it? Uh, I try to at least five times a week. Wow. Sometimes every day. Yeah, no, it's that's all I want to do is fucking lock myself in a room and practice various instruments that I Are you have. taking lessons at all? Like No, just some... doing like YouTube. No, Man. just watching videos and looking up fingering charts and I picked up some stuff in college just from listening to professors in you know, yeah. I was always in like big bands and um listening to people tell this yell at the saxophone players the same shit every day like kind of sunk in my head a little bit of like oh okay you have to drop your jaw when you go lower and you know blow harder when you go higher and shit like that but i'm not good like i can play a few scales you know but it's 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 gotta uh, be fun though because that sound the barest sound sax is just such a it's like the best sound it is i completely agree yeah like i love i'm a huge fan of pepper adams you ever listen to pepper adams yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love Pepper. And hey, all this stuff, it's just, it's got that, I don't know, there's something about it, like the growliness to it. Yeah. The way it like, it, it like makes all the other instruments have like this grounding effect. Yeah. Where you don't hear that. Like, I can't stand alto sax because it's the opposite. It feels like you're listening to like a bird that can't make a decision. But like the, the baritone, <laughs> it's like, That's baritone perfect. is the opposite. It's like a fucking like python or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah scary yeah. very and tenor are definitely where it's at i get yeah like alto in uh context with a horn section but mm-hmm. by itself like i was never a big like charlie parker guy or Me, um, i like charlie parker but i'm not a fan of the 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 tone so much you know it's more like his yeah. playing or something it's not like the because i don't yeah, really listen I'd, to eric dolphy play baritone or play, listen to anyone play baritone than dolphy, listen dude. to yeah Dolphy's just he's, but he's my guy. Yeah, Alto Lunch is my favorite too. jazz record of all time. Bass clarinet is probably tied for me with Barry Sachs as my. Yeah, the bass clarinet sometimes it's a little bit too. I love it, but it's also it's so specific it gets a little bit tiring. I feel like on the ear. You know yeah, what I, mean? I can see that. Because that's why so... I think those dudes always switch it up, like Dolphy or um, yeah. um, who's another like Jerry Mulligan? Oh, uh, Barry. Jerry Mulligan was all Barry all the time, though, right? Yeah, all Barry all the time. But also, I don't love him. I'm like, you know, his I'm stuff is a little as... too soft for me. Yeah, yeah. I I like the this like later '60s like out stuff. Jerry Mulligan's like a West Coast guy, right? Right, pure West. Although Coast. so's so's uh, so's uh, um, Dolphy. Dolphy was, but but Dolphy was in that different scene though. He was in like the yeah the crazy the like scene. Ornette scene, yeah. yeah. Um. But I, I feel like the what you're saying about how it can get a little bit tiresome is why dudes like Dolphy are, are like like one minute he's playing flute, one minute he's playing alto or tenor, yeah. then he's on you know uh, bass clarinet, alto clarinet, fucking whatever. Uh, Rasan Roland Kirk was the other guy. I was oh my god, play. dude, Roland Kirk! Like, Roland Kirk to me is probably some of the greatest music ever been recorded. Oh, it's I mean, it would be hard to say that there's a better musician who has ever lived than Rasan Roland Kirk. Yeah. That's so funny we're saying like, this right now. Like just two two guys talking about people are like, who who what? People have checked <laughs> oh yeah, out a long time ago. This podcast is for Matt Dwyer only, and I will Rashawn see that. Roland Kirk. <laughs> Rashawn Roland Kirk is just like 
Yeah, I mean, I've talked about him a lot. I'm like, I've been podcasting for like almost ten years now. I've been talking about Roland Kirk for oh, damn. forever. One of my, um, I played in a jazz band in high school. One of my best friends, who had played, I played bass. He played guitar, and uh, he got me into Roland Kirk. I'm, I always remember, like him having the, uh, what's the, what's the album, a We Free King CD. Like just mm-hmm. listen to it all the time. I was always borrowing it from him. Like I have like distinct memory of him turning me on to Ron Kirk in high school. But then nice. like I keep re- I always revisit him because it's something where it's like I never I never gets old listening to that stuff. Yeah, he's he's otherworldly. If you know, for people that don't know, he was a, a dude in the '60s that I mean, he died so young. I can't remember. Yeah in his thirties, I feel like maybe early forties, but had a ton of health problems and wound up in a wheelchair and it was blind. But he, you know, he was, that's right. He was blind the whole time. Yeah. I left that out. Mm-hmm. And when he lost the use of one of his hands, he like reconfigured his sax so he could play it with just one hand. Yeah. And he would do all this shit where he could play three, four instruments that were like all sticking out of his mouth. And it was absolutely fucking insane, but it also is great, insanely good music. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not like it's, it's not unlistenable. It's not like no. something where oh, this is a free, this is free jazz, baby. Some of it's right. not free at all. It's very much like oh yeah, big band Beautiful kind of melodies. sound, but small ensemble, big band with like a real yep. clear melodic melodic line and stuff. Yeah, very yeah. Uh, soundtracky, very evocative. Like he's Man. he's so. There's a great documentary. I think it's on Amazon, really? and I don't remember the name of it, but it's. Uh, I watched it with my girlfriend, who's not like a jazz bow by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. and she was just like, "Who the fuck is this guy? This is insane! Yeah. Like he's he's so good." And also, like that's it all comes back to morphine, man. That's uh, I think his name's Dana Colley. I think he was the sax player. Uh, yeah. he, that's where he picked up the uh, yeah playing tenor with one hand and and Barry with the other out of both sides of your mouth. Man, he got that from Rasan. Yeah, Rasan also used to take LSD a lot. I heard. That sounds right. And it makes it, I always think about like how weird it must be to be blind taking a psychedelic drug. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah. What a strange thing. It must all come out in your music and Right. All those harmonies he would do when he would harmonize like with the two uh instruments at the same time. Sometimes it would be like this thing where it would kind of go in out of of uh like the resonance would be sometimes it would be kind of what's that word? Um dissonance. Dissonant, yeah, like dissonance. But sometimes it's like such a nice dissonance. It's like the beautiful, that weird thing. Yeah. We have like the, like a minor. I don't know, fucking yeah, flat nine. <laughs> right, jazz chords, yeah, jazz chords. Jazz I don't chords, baby. Understand, yeah. The Coltrane and he, chord. Then he would like do shit through his nose and like yeah. harmonize with his voice while playing them. Like play flute and sing at the same time. It's that dude's. He's otherworldly, man. He's so good. And at least he has like a decent bunch of records it's not like yeah like uh some i can't think of a good example but it's just like yeah he made two records and then he died yeah he's got uh he's got kirk's works he's got we free kings he's got domino these are just the top of my head he's got um what's blackness i think i can't think of what it's called he's got a shitload of records something about a tear in one of them oh the inflated tear that one's fucking inflated tear killer. that's that's one of the yeah, classics inflated tear is outstanding yeah, he's, um, he's yeah, nuts, man. Man, I also got that record yeah. with Jack McDuff, Kirk's work, where Jack McDuff is playing uh, Hammond B three over with him. Yeah, that's early. My, shit. Uh, my jazz professor in college was briefly in McDuff's band in the I don't know sixties or something. Damn. Maybe actually, it was, I bet it was later. It was probably 
it was probably 70s or 80s but he did like the chitlin circuit really yeah mcduff carried a gun because he needed to get paid at the end of the night in the club there's so so many scummy there's so many great (laughs) stories about those jazz musicians some of them are just were fucking motherfucking hard asses like art blake they had to be oh i'm sure i'm sure i don't know specific blakey stories though blakey evidently was when he was a band leader he just he was scary yeah he just seems scary you know the way he plays the drums you're like don't kill he me. He was so smiley though. He was like he's aggressive, but he was like smiley. a. He was, I feel like he was always grinning back there. But you I guess I haven't watched roll. a ton. It's oh, always yeah. the guys who are grinning who have a gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's your second classic quote of the day. Uh, it's like Lee Dorsey. You know that picture of him with the six shooter? Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Wait, who's Lee Dorsey? Lee Dorsey's that New Orleans uh, soul singer who sang, uh, "Get out my life, woman." I don't need this shit no oh, more. Yeah. Ding, 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 okay. Ding. It's that classic. He was a mechanic, but he also has this famous picture of him holding like a revolver, pointing at the camera, just smiling like he's, you know, it's like, like a Sunday afternoon kind of thing. <laughs> it is nuts, man. People were, I, it's, I think about that a lot of like the stories you hear about. Everyone thinks that like rock and roll is so I guess people don't think that anymore because there's no more rock bands that anyone yeah. gives a shit about except for the fucking Foo Fighters who are a bunch of dorky dads. <laughs> but like, you know, the stories of like Wilson Pickett getting fucking hammered in Philly and going to the mayor's house and doing donuts in his Cadillac on the front lawn. That's a real story. Like, I've never heard that. That's crazy. Crazy. You know, all those guys died in fucked up ways. And Well, yeah, you got you like, know, Sam uh, what's his Cook. name? Sam, Sam Cook, Cook got shot, murdered. right? Got murdered by a hotel owner because he was sleeping with a white woman, right? Some crazy. I mean, shit like there's that. a lot of there's a there's a whole documentary about that too. Of like, because he was maybe framed for rape. It's all it's all very very. Uh, it's intertwined with like uh, the Black Panthers, and he was yeah. one of the people that was like on the forefront of the civil rights movement. Even though he wasn't, you know, he was a musician and not a not Martin Luther King. Right. But, He's doing there's double a lot of duty. theories that he was set up, and it's it's that documentary is great. I can't remember the name of that either, but there's a relatively new Sam Cooke uh, doc on Netflix. Out. I think that's yeah. I've been obsessed with music docs on during this whole really? thing too. I gotta get back into it. I've been doing the opposite. I've been like withdrawing from it because it's like I can't handle it. It just some of that stuff. I listen to it, and I'm just like, this is so fucking good. It just makes me angry. Like I just want to. I fucking, totally get that. Like punch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The, That's um, dude watching watching Wayne was that. I was just like in my living room, fucking like. Just, I'm watching like, that tonight. Felt anything, <laughs> dude? You got to see it. You're gonna you gotta you gotta see it. You gotta text me right after. Okay. It's 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 such a great like. It's almost the opposite of a release, really. I I was about to say okay. it's a great release watching it, but it was it was more like my dogs were looking at me like, is he about to fucking lose his mind? Oh, dude, <laughs> I have a, just, my dogs the same way. Anytime I say fuck, she's like, oh, you okay? You okay? <laughs> uh, we have like a newer one. Uh, so I've, I've, we've always fostered, or always for a few years, and uh, we just adopted our second uh, foster. Oh, like, get it over yourself, cook. We adopted. <laughs> what was like, oh, fuck you. Okay, you adopt a dog. What do you want, a parade? <laughs> That's hey, the I'm Boston guy. In plenty of other ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, he's like, he's new ish, you know? And still isn't sure, like if I get fucking like heated yelling on the phone or yeah. at the TV or something, he, he gets a little like, "What's what's up? What's up?" My, my other dog that I've had for years is just like, "Nah, it's just Brian." Doesn't care. Yeah, she's a bit of a fuck. We're gonna talk about some jazz some more. I want to talk more about jazz, man. 
Fuck yeah, dude. Let's start a, I can talk about start jazz, a jazz anybody. podcast. I get I so mean, mad. Uh, I've been driving more during the pandemic than I used to. And so I've been listening to the, to the LA K Jazz yeah. <laughs> station a lot, which is so hit or hit miss. miss. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. It's, it's so hit or miss. It should also be illegal for, like, they've hired a lot of jazz musicians as DJs, and it should be illegal to do that. I hate listening to, like, Steve Tyrell DJ. Oof. Yeah. I don't even know, man. I'm glad I don't know. Oh, oh he's, a, he's a bad singer. It's like that, you know. Oh, that's uh, all you got to know. Host. Singer. Yeah. Oh, almost, almost always a no. The second vocals come on, unless it's one of, like, three or four people. Yeah, I'm like, out. I can't even do Ella. I can't listen to anyone who sounds like they're smiling while they sing. It drives me crazy. Yeah, Ella Fitzgerald, I used to love her from the album, the 56 album she did with Louis Armstrong, where it's got Oscar mm. Peterson, it's got fucking Ray Brown, it's yeah. got, you know, the fucking... Probably Louis Belson. Uh, probably Louis Belson on drums, or maybe it might have been Max Roach uh, okay. on there. But, you know, it's, it's, the best, it's the best people in the world recording yeah. in the best studio in the world at the time, so it sounds amazing. But like, as I got older, I realized that Ella Fitzgerald kind of like, someone was telling me, my, my bass teacher told me like in high school, he was saying a lot of people used to critique Ella Fitzgerald because they said she didn't really, she was sort of like a dispassionate singer. Okay. Like she was sort of like just a technician and not really like someone like, I don't know. I mean, obviously Billie, Billie Holiday. Holiday is easy to, yeah. to talk about because she's like the greatest thing ever. But like other people who had more of a, like I don't know, like a, a less technical quality. Like okay. There's even like a there's a couple moments in that record where you can hear kind of Louis Armstrong kind of like, kind of nudging her a bit, trying to get her off her off her feet, and she kind of hmm. she she just she does an okay job. But you can tell that she's a little flustered because it's not like they're not going by the book. Interesting. Yeah. I gotta it's listen to that. She's, it's a great record. She's obviously like Louis. a phenomenal singer. Yeah, it's just it, the the choices that she makes are not the what I'm personally into. Also, I can't listen to scatting almost ever, and she's uh, a, yeah, it's, I mean, pretty scat anymore. Yeah, back when <laughs> yeah. I was in high school, I was like, yeah, scat, baby, scat, scat's the thing. And now it's like <laughs> you went through your scat phase early. Yeah, got it over with. Yeah, uh, Carmen McRae is is my go to if I'm going to listen to anything with vocals. Right. And especially the older she got. I love an old lady voice, man. Oh, it's the totally. best. Totally. There's so much like experience in their vocal cords. It feels like you're. Yeah. It's almost like uh, I always think about um, oh, what's his name? Lester Young. Like to okay. me, like Lester Young is the equivalent of someone like that because he used to play so small. You know what I mean? He was stuff was always really simple. He w He wasn't like a pattern player or anything. He wasn't like playing big stuff. He would like. I guess he would win all these saxophone contests and people would always like be punching the holes in their hat because they're like, God, he just doesn't <laughs> so he's not he plays like seven notes, but he nails okay, it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. He's a real smooth, effortless. Yeah. And then it was it was always uh this is Kansas City, right? Or was this was he St. Louis? I think he I don't know, man. I think Kansas wow. City, uh, but don't quote me on that. But the, it was it was him and Coleman Hawk. Yeah. The two hot shot, you know, uh Big Tenor guns players. in town. But, yeah, wasn't Hawkins an was alto like, player? He was no, they were... Oh shit, I'm losing you. Um, oh, you're back. Kind of shit, and and Lester was the. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sure I cut out a couple times. Uh, Coleman Hawkins was the more like um, technical, like more notes, and yeah, and, and then uh, 
everyone was like team team Coleman or team Lester the same way with like Artie Shaw versus Benny people used to get in fist fights arguing about Benny Goodman versus Artie Shaw that was like not uncommon (laughs) this is my jazz professor in in college not the one that played with Jack McDuff but this guy that taught just the jazz history classes uh he was a sax player and he he told these stories about how that was like like I'll I'll show you I'll 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 show you what for about the licorice stick. I'm an arty man, I say. To the I die. (laughs) I shall see you outside. For me, it's one man who plays trumpet and no one else. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's nuts that people were that passionate about something that we are losing listeners for talking about now. Yeah, no one gives a fuck about jazz. Jazz is such a weird thing, man, because now it's like, it's so dead. You know what I mean? Like jazz, it's really is. I think Kind of. Yeah, I mean. Like, Go ahead. Is there any new jazz where you're just like, I love this? <laughs> well, I, I just mean that like people are paying attention in LA specifically because of um, that one dude. He's a sax player. I'll think of his name in a second. But Joshua like, Redman? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, uh, this dude's like in his 30s. And oh, he's a, a new guy. Albums. Yeah. But it's very, his whole like stage thing is very Sun Ra, like 60s, oh. 70s. Like Dude, robes I don't know about this. fucking a, a choir on stage with him and like a 10 piece band with two drummers. And, but he's all over, um, a, he's, he plays with Thundercat a bunch. And so, oh, so that's got good. him a bunch of attention. Yeah, oh, good? yeah, no, he's he's very good. Oh, okay. This is gonna drive me crazy that I can't think of his name. Um, he is also all over, uh, dude, I'm telling you, names are just, they're just going. Wow. I hit 40 and it was just like names are gone. Uh, hot shit rapper. Danny Everyone Brown. loves him. Another LA guy. No. Nope. Oh, yeah. Um, the guy with the, the cool voice. The guy who kind of sounds like yes. this. Yes. What's his name? Oh, my he's, God. He's great. He's all What's over wrong with his us? records. And so he got a bunch of attention for that, too. And I can't even Google it because I barely have an internet connection to it's, run uh... Zoom. Someone's listening, going, "Fucking you, idiots!" It's obviously blah. This is like six, like six names we're just alluding to. We're basically <laughs> painting an entire picture, except for the person's eyeballs. And people are like, "His eyes are fucking green. They're green." We're like, "Hmm, I think it's uh, I think it's this." Um, <laughs> this is a quiz this? show with no winners. God, what's this? I mean, I can't think of his fucking name right now. I love him too. He's he's like the smartest, coolest guy of all time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You and know, it's just a regular. It's a, just a name. He doesn't have like a rapper. It's not like yeah, ludicrous Kendrick, or something. It's Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Jesus yeah. Christ. Kendrick so Lamar. Now okay. Maybe we can work backward to this fucking. Okay. Sax Kendrick player. Lamar, saxophone player. Uh, Here we go. Is it Kamasi Washington? That's got to be it. It's Kamasi it sure Washington. Sure is Kamasi Washington. Okay, I'm gonna check this guy out now because yeah. anything that's anything that's on a sunrod tangent whatsoever, I'm fucking in. Yeah, he's he's great. I haven't seen him live yet, um, which is disappointing. He's played no like idea. Bef- I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, before I knew anything Fuck. about him, he was doing like a couple gigs at the Virgil, and I would hear the next day like, oh yeah, Dave Chappelle was here, got on stage to tell the audience how phenomenal wow. this guy is. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god, he's I'm so excited of, now uh, to check this out. He's cool, man. It's very aggressive and and smart, and and he has the only thing I will say is he uses a choir on almost everything, and it gets okay. a little bit old to hear ten yeah. people singing the melody along with him and shit. Um, wow. But it's it's you know that's a that's a minor complaint. He's great. Damn. Okay, I can't wait to listen to this because I feel like I haven't heard any new jazz in forever that I actually thought was interesting. You know. Yeah. 
jazz being a relative term, obviously, but right. Um, there's so much. It's it nice just... though too that like I just I just go back and listen to all the '60s stuff that I couldn't afford to buy when I had no money. And now like it's what? All What's your favorite stuff that we haven't talked about? Um, I went through a big. Um... Oh man, fucking names. You can. I'll help you. I got uh, it. What the hell is his name? I was way into him at the beginning of this. Horace Silver. <laughs> uh, I don't know much Horace Silver. I don't really either. I just want to steal Dan. Oliver Nelson. Lawsuit. Oliver Nelson. Oh my God. Oliver Nelson. What's the famous record from 69 or is it 59 yeah. that won the it's, sixth 10 piece band? Two sides. Two oh yeah. That, that one's great. Um, that one is like a classic album. It's like an album that's like, that's like a desert Island record, isn't it? It's Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. In that same era, there were like two or three in a row that I, that I was crushing pretty hard for, uh, a few weeks because I, I had just he's a guy shit. I had kind of missed like I knew the name The um, Blues and the Abstract Truth from 1961 Blues and the Abstract Truth thank you Jesus and Christ check it out that dude check out who's phenomenal. on this fucking record this is why this record fucking rules man this record has on Bill Evans on piano it's yep. got Roy Haynes on drums it's got Roy Haynes Eric, still fucking alive by Roy the way Roy Haynes Roy Haynes is one of the most is like a gentleman's gentleman that guy he's Phenomenal. I mean, could you imagine meeting Roy Haynes? I've met Roy Haynes. You've met Roy Haynes. <laughs> I have, what I was have it like? I talked to Roy Haynes for like a half hour at a bar. What so this the was, fuck? I know. Well, dude, because no one cares about jazz. So 20 years ago, he was playing a club, uh, the Jazz Alley in Seattle. And, you know, right? it was like a five night run and the shows were packed. But it's not like, you know, playing a jazz club is a far cry from playing a fucking rock concert. Yeah. Uh, as far as like uh, at the break between sets, he got off stage, walked over and sat down at the bar next to me. I'm just like, well, I'm going to talk to Roy because I'm alone. Right. So I'm sitting yeah. at the fucking bar. Everyone else is at tables, cocktail style. And so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what's up, Roy Haynes? I'm 22. I don't give a fuck. I'll talk to anybody. So we shot the shit for like a half hour. Roy oh Haynes God. loves to talk about Roy Haynes, which is exactly what you want as yeah. a fan. Like, the guy he, has played he, with everyone. Benny Goodman, dude. He played with Benny Goodman. He also did a whole album alive. with he did a whole album with Roland Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus I mean, Christ. he's one of the three or four most phenomenal drummers of all time. He's his his ride cymbal sound is iconic. Like mm -hmm. he's just the best. And still kicking and actually like looks fucking good. Someone posted yeah. a picture, his daughter or something on his 95th birthday or whatever. Wow. He's insane, That's man. Crazy. Do you tell you, what else? Do you say anything else that was like? I wish I could remember more specifics, but it's I more just I, like I just the emotion like, of it. Oh, I was losing my mind. Like that club was was. I hope it's still there. It's kind of bougie, mm -hmm. but like, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Like, if you can go see Elvin Jones, could go see Elvin Jones play. Like, I'll I saw him. You know, put up with yeah, dude, the best. I saw him at Jazz Fest in New Orleans, probably like two thousand and two thousand one. And he nice. was wearing like a white, all white daishiki, playing like with this <laughs> yeah, massive dude. band, drum set oh, right really? up front. And he was just like smiling like a motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. I had a beer. I wasn't supposed to have a beer, beer but my dad let me have a beer. I had a beer <laughs> sitting there surrounded by, you know, men in their 60s, probably like on their third <laughs> right. wife. Right, yeah. And I'm sitting there watching Elvin Jones play. Oof, Jeez. that was fun. Dude, cool. I met Elvin. Really? 
Yeah, Boston. I just shook his hand after a show, but Damn. I touched fucking Elton Jones, man. Like, okay, I'll, I'll see. I'll see Elton then. Jones, and I'll say that I, <laughs> I touched Sly Stone's shoulder. I squeezed it. Oh yeah. shit! And he looked me in the eye. Well, through sunglasses, but I did. I did uh, touch his shoulder. That's that's a fucking good one. House of Blues, Anaheim, two thousand six. <laughs> okay, Plenty so that was that little weird brief mm-hmm. reunion. Yeah, a little it was bad, reunion. right? It was not. Well, you know what? It wasn't bad actually. It was just not. You can't see Sly and the Family Stone. They're not going to be the same. But they right. did have as many original members as were alive playing, okay. and okay. Um, they did a walkabout. Like the, he disappeared. Everyone thought like, oh, he's gone. You know, he played for five minutes. He's going to go do whatever he Sly, Sly Stone does when he leaves. Right. 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 You know, just do a mound of cocaine and play with <laughs> yeah. a fucking drum machine. But um, <laughs> next thing you know, there's like a commotion coming from the back because I was in the back of the ground, the GA part of uh, the House of Blues, and yep. it's fucking Sly Stone just walking around with like, I think it was maybe a saxophone player and someone else, and he had a, a wireless mic, and he walked oh, right shit. by me, and I was so blown away. All I could think to do is just reach out, and I just touched his shoulder and like gave a little squeeze. <laughs> That's amazing. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I, Sly Stone to me is, he's probably like the top of the pyramid, basically. You know, that guy's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He I just is him. so important, I think. He's he's interesting to me because I hate all of the songs that were on the radio. I oh, never need to listen to Dance to the Music. Yeah. Or Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself Again or any of that. But when I first, um, if you want me to stay, I was like, oh. Oh my God. And that it's all like, just sounds like he's ripping the lyrics in the studio too. Yeah. It sounds like to me what, um, I used to say that's what, it's what drugs sounds like. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, I wish it, you know what? I might actually have this. I'm going to look cause I know where it would be if I have it. Uh, there's an old mojo from like 2000 or 2001 mm-hmm. and they did this long article about the making of there's a riot going on, oh, which wow. is, so fucking amazing and should just be a movie because that was when they just the label atlantic or whoever just gave him the money and he just went and rented a a mansion i think in malibu and they're like we're just gonna record the album here and then like a year and a half later execs from the label showed up and they were like just give us the fucking tapes man because he just had everyone he knew in the house doing drugs fucking hanging out and kind of making a record but Mm -hmm. not no nobody Miles Davis is all over that album playing keys and they don't know which tracks are him. I didn't know that because I knew Miles was a huge fan of Sly. I didn't know he was playing. Yep. I didn't realize they ever played together at all. I had no idea. Yeah. That's he's, crazy. Uh, he's all over that record. And the there's a firsthand account from one of the record label guys or somebody, maybe a manager, that had to show up and try to like wrangle shit at one point. He's like, I walk up. It looks like Animal House. Like it's just this wrecked mansion at this point. And there's a, a live peacock fucking a dead peacock in front of the front door. Jesus That's what I stepped Christ. over to go inside to find like mountains of drugs and fucking girls passed out everywhere. And just, I'll see if here, I can find it, man. It is here, Here's the movie. Here, the movie is this. That's the opening scene. You and I yeah. are the A&R guys. Hell we yeah. Send out, we're like the first year A&R guys. We got to go out there and fucking get the tapes. Yep. It's it's uh, get him to the Greek meets yeah. uh, <laughs> something. I don't know what, great world of the sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, God. I love it. You know, the Sly's daughter uh, books the Virgil. I've heard that. I think I've actually met her. And oh, yeah. uh, I didn't know it was her until afterwards, which I'm glad because I think I would have um, had, you know, I would have probably not been very cool. <laughs> I've never brought it up, but uh, I think Baron told me that and, and she's referenced it on social media before. It's, What's her yeah, name it's crazy. again? Uh, Novena, Car uh, Novena Carmel. Okay. Yeah, yeah she's great. Sure she's got her. a band and stuff too. She plays around town. Man. Oh, man, we could yeah, talk about this shit for a long time, I feel like. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. get through the whole list, of the whole uh, music, the musician listing for that album. Oh, yeah. Go back we to got Blues Eric and Dolphy. Yeah, that's, what I, that's why I got Chambers. into that record. Because, yeah, of, bass. because of Eric Dolphy? Yeah, so I was like, going you know i've listened to every eric dolphy album a million times so i was going back through to like sideman stuff mm -hmm. and that's that was one of the ones that came up and i man i just spun that thing every day for a month like back in june or something and then one of them that came out right around it too yeah i gotta check that out are you, are you like a freddie hubbard fan at all <laughs> yeah he's he's probably my favorite him and lee morgan are probably my favorite trumpet guys yeah freddie hubbard for me man is just like oof i fucking red love clay Red Clay, I love. But I think that the one before that, uh, what's it called? Straight Life, to me, is the oh. best fusion album ever recorded. I don't know it's that only, I know Straight Life. I'll check oh it God. out. It's only three tracks. The, the title yeah. track is 16 minutes long. It's got everybody on it. It's a fucking like, beast of an album. I used to play it all the time when I would DJ this jazz show in college on the radio, radio station. Oh, yeah? I would play it almost every week. Um, what, who's on it? It's like all the, it's the same thing. It's just like a classic. I think it's, uh, actually Straight Life is the year after Red Clay, but it's still CTI. So it's still Creed Taylor in New okay. Jersey, 1970. It's, uh, it's Joe Henderson, Herbie Hancock, George Benson, Ron Carter, Jack Dejanet, Richard Landrum, wow. and Weldon Irvine. Man, Dejanet. That's, that's one of my other like top four guys. Have you met him? No, I've seen him a bunch, but I've never met him. Damn. I but I did okay. While you know, I've already fucking name dropped enough. Why not? I got to watch him uh, one time in Seattle, sitting in between like the two Seattle drummer mm -hmm. fucking legends, like for like older guys. Uh, Michael Shreve from Santana okay. had moved there like in the eighties or something. I don't know, and was always around. And we were pals, and I played in a band with him briefly, like the OG drummer from fucking Woodstock when he was 17 Damn. years old. Yeah, we had a we had a band real brief. I think we played like two shows um, with uh, the uh, with fucking Lee Oscar from War. OK, the harmonica player from like the world's most famous fucking harmonica player. <laughs> he was just in our band, like bar band. We were just jam. It was very weird. But yeah, I got to watch Dijonette City between him and this other old grumpy dude named Greg Keplinger who owns Keplinger Drums. It's, he's a uh, He's like a free jazz guy, but makes awesome drums as well. And I knew both of them, you know, well enough to hang out at a concert. But uh, Dijonette had it was a solo show, mm -hmm. right? Which I don't know what the fuck this is going to be. So he he's also, you know, Jack's also a great uh, pianist. I didn't know that. So he's got a fucking yeah. And it's at this jazz festival, so they've got some money. He's got his big ass, gorgeous fucking you know limited edition Sonar drum kit that's ten grand and a hundred thousand uh, dollar Steinway piano next to it. And he spends almost the whole time playing a little fucking like uh, four drum pad or eight drum pad little digital boop boop with his fucking fingers. Fuck? It was infuriating. It was so infuriating. Keplinger was just like, 
fuck this and got up was and it bad? halfway through. It was awful. Okay. He finally went and played piano at some point and then finally did a drum solo. But most of it was just like he, he had this new toy he wanted to fuck with and was wow. going to make people who paid 50 bucks a ticket watch him do it. It was maddening. But I also saw him like three or four times with, with uh, Keith Jarrett and Gary Peacock. And that was amazing. Just jaw dropping. Nobody plays like, like he's Jeanette, man. Yeah, he's he's so wild. He's really like he's kind of jangly, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. His time is not like he has a very different definition of where beats go than anybody else opposite of roy haynes yeah roy's much more down the middle although you know he'll go out a little bit on right stuff but he's so solid i love that about him it's like it's like uh solid yeah so fucking solid man yeah chick korea saw him once saw chick saw chick a couple times i know you saw i met chick (laughs) i met him who haven't you met? Just, Damn, dude. When I was like seventeen, I would just walk into a into a green room at a show and be like, "What's up?" <laughs> I was dumb, but I used yeah, to do that too, man. I used, there's stuff I did back then. I'm like, how do I have the fucking <laughs> balls to do that? Yeah, I know. I guess I thought nobody was gonna. Was, at that point, it was like, oh, I'm I'm like the kid that they'll be like, oh, this kid yeah. came to the show. I don't even think I put that much thought into it. I'd just be like, hey, what's up? That chick's fucking phenomenal. That was one of my first jazz shows. Have you ever seen someone be like a total asshole? It, like in the in the jazz world? In the jazz world or in the music world? Um, Just be like, wow. Sure that I, like sure surprising that I asshole. I think it's, you know, it's nice that, that I can't think of like one off the top of my head all, yeah. with all these, you know, brief, cool interactions that I managed to squeak out in my teens and 20s. It's, uh, they were all, everyone was pretty fucking cool. I can't think of like a real... You read all the like great stories yeah. about, you know, Buddy Rich is is the classic. Yeah, I bet he was super nice to other people though. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just hated his band. Yeah, just mean your I band. Totally get nice to everybody I, else. I, I fucking hate everybody I ever played with. The yeah. Musicians are a nightmare. I like it now because I play with people that are like either hobbyists or like they have like a crazy good gig and then they're just slumming it with me at like a bar show. Nice. Like I do these goofy. Do you know Dave Lyons? Yeah. Uh, you got to come play with us sometime. We do these things when, well, you know, back okay. when when yeah. life gets back to normal. Uh, called Bring Your Own Tribute Band, where we we just put together tribute bands for one night only, Man, and everyone does awesome. like three or four songs. Dude, it is the most fun I've ever had in my life, and I'm not exaggerating. Give it's me an excuse to buy a bass. The in. best. Hell yeah, dude. That'd be that'd be fun, man. It's it's uh. So we did it. We've moved around. It, originally, it was at this place called the the Hi Hat out in uh, Echo oh, Park, yeah. or uh, sorry, in Highland Park. That place is great. And uh, oh, it's awesome. And we had a great Such time doing sound. it there. And then is it Hi Hat? Is it Hi Hat is good. Hi Hat is good by oh, comparison. I'm sorry. You know what? I always fuck this up. It's not the Hi Hat. It's the Offbeat. Okay, I've never been there. The, I don't know. Hi Hat and Offbeat are the same fucking. Name yeah, same me. thing. Uh, it's just like a. It's a awesome bar but it's just a bar like the sound is trash okay uh but it's just a great dive bar you'd love it it's phenomenal uh we did it there for a while and then we moved it right before the pandemic we got we squeaked in one show at records oh, roadhouse Start, so you, know that you, spot? you squeaked in one show where it broke up the permanent records roadhouse okay yeah did you get in there at all no but i know this where place it is. opened right before the pandemic it's kind of like Frogtown or something yeah. It's like one of those weird areas I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a bar, a record store, and a venue, and it is the coolest 
fucking thing in Los Angeles. And it opened like for two months and then had to shut down. I mean, it's still, he's still holding on. He's selling a shitload of records uh, via mail order. So he's, he's doing well, I think. And it'll hopefully be back, but it is like Brandy Posey started a a comedy show there. And then we, we just did this music thing there once. And both of the, they were both like packed fucking amazing shows with tons of people. And the owner's like the nicest dude on the planet. And it's just like a business you want to support. I thought that was Ty Siegel's thing. Permanent records. No, he might be like a partner in it or something, or maybe Maybe. they, they also have a label and have maybe put out some of Ty's stuff. Might be. That's what I'm thinking of probably. Yeah, they, he does that series called uh, Brown Acid. That's all like stoner rock. Oh shit! I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's cool. He reissues them all on like 180 gram vinyl. Nice. And uh, with, like cool covers and stuff. Yeah, that place, dude. It's it looks like the best dive bar in the Midwest. Like it just has that old vibe. The lighting is perfect. The yeah. Foods. And then it has a bunch of records. And then there's like an outdoor area and, a, and another annex building full of records in the back. It's Where I want to live there. It's in like. Frogtown-ish area? Yeah, yeah. It's that like I don't know. Is it Glassell Park or or fucking MacArthur Park? I don't. I can't remember because I've never I've lived been, here eight but... years. And I don't know shit. Yeah, I don't know where anything. Permanent Records Roadhouse. I'm looking it up. Okay, I'll look at some pictures. Maybe I've been there, but yeah. I mean, you'd know. It was open so briefly, and it's such a specific spot. Got it. Yeah, man. But he had just like a record store before that for years in either Highland Park or Eagle Rock. Yeah, it was in it was in uh, Eagle Rock. I remember, or I think it was in Eagle Rock. I've been there a couple times. It's a great record yeah. store. Yeah, yeah. So he just moved everything to the. He was operating both for a minute, and then during the pandemic, he mm-hmm. somehow got somebody to take over his lease at the at the Eagle Rock one and just condensed it down to the Roadhouse. Nice. But it is awesome, man. I can't say enough good things about that place. Hopefully, we'll be there soon. Maybe this summer. I know. I don't know. I don't know. Are we essential? Uh, no. Shit. <laughs> what was that? It's say it again. Ah, oh, it's breaking up again. Oh, man, I'm sorry about that. Can you now, hear me? I hear you now. Yeah. I don't know what the. Uh, it's going to be interesting seeing seeing what happens the next six months or whatever with the uh, the various stages of the vaccine rollout and who can mm-hmm. and like you know it's not like then things just go back to normal. It's yeah, because it's going to take a probably, I think it's going to take at least two years for people's brains to rewire into the fact that where you can talk to a stranger without being scared of them killing you or that kind of shit. You <laughs> right. Know? Like yeah. it's going to take a long I, time for people to be able to do. Like I can't do my bit where I climb through the audience anymore. <laughs> right. Like I used yeah. to all the time. Can't do that anymore. No. Nope. At least nope. not for a while. Got to keep your ass on that stage. By the time I can, I'll be too old to do it. <laughs> I'm still like <laughs> broken. It'll just be sad. Like, oh, yeah. Johnny's still trying to yeah. do that bit. Mm. Yeah, man. <laughs> Did you do any in the brief period where there were kind of? Oh, Sorry, man. I lost you again. I heard. Um, I heard. Did I do anything in the brief period of? Uh, in-person shows. Did you get to do like any outdoor? I did a couple of them. Wait, did I? No, I didn't. <laughs> I can't remember now. I think I did one. Uh, you mean like sort of like like uh, in the early fall kind of thing? Um, or, yeah, like over stuff? the summer there was. Yeah, I guess it was kind of like late summer, early fall. I there don't was think the I only did one any. I. I didn't do any. I went to one and it got shut down pretty quick. But it was on the roof of the parking garage at uh, Grand Central Market. Okay, I heard about this one. 
yeah, yeah, they packed it out. I mean, it's an outdoor show, so it's weird. The laughs yeah. dissipate instantly. But it was cool to go watch, you know, some comedy and mostly yeah. cool to stand in the back and talk shit with Dave Ross for an hour and a half. It's fucking done. Yeah. We'll see, man. Yeah, it was, but it was, it was good to like kind of feel normal for half an evening. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't know if I even really like my, my motivations have changed so much in the past year. It's hard oh, really? to, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like I want to do a lot of this stuff the same, but at the same time also like maybe, um, there's certain stuff I don't really, I'm not super interested in doing anymore. Maybe. I don't know, but like who what? knows? Like just, just the, uh, <laughs> just the, all the stuff you have to do to do stand up. Like it's all the, uh, the rigmarole of it. Yeah. It's not, it's not super appealing to me right now, you know? As far as like, which, which, which aspects specifically? Like going there, doing it, having to book <laughs> shows, all that right. stuff. Like I like doing, like I was doing a bunch of one person shows at the Lyric and stuff. And that was really fun. Okay. It was, okay. It was a lot of work. But I was yeah. really, I had this show I was working on that I did right before the pandemic started. Actually, I got sick when I was in Denver, and uh, I thought it might have been coronavirus because we had to go through the airport and shit, but it probably mm -hmm. was not. But I was working on this show really hard, and it was like, felt really good because it was the first time I was actually doing something that wasn't just like spots, you know? Right. So, but like, otherwise, if it's not that, I feel like, you know, I guess what it is, it's like the, the momentum of it. The idea of... Okay starting the train back up again it's kind of it's overwhelming a little bit to think about just doing something you haven't done in so long like getting it going again it's uh it's daunting oh definitely i mean it's yeah. gonna be it's it's we have to like reset and no no one should get to be famous when this ends it should all start over instead of like oh they're a great comic give them a fucking hbo special and, and put them in a theater are Dude. they? No one's a great comic. No one's done shit for a fucking year. I wish Everything that was going to be the just... case. I know. It's going to be, it's it's gonna be, be the opposite, man. It's going to be the exact opposite of that. It's going to be the of people course. who are like, oh, another one from this person? Cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, more no, of this? More of something that no one ordered? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a drag. But I, I'm kind of uh, excited about the idea of like, everyone having been forced not to do it other than, you know, zoom shows or the handful of people that have been touring to red States or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then just seeing like who's left on the other side, like Sean yeah. Patton and I have talked about this for years of like, just waiting for the comedy to stop being cool and for the bubble to burst. And oh dude, totally. Cause it's 50% the people of it to go away. It's the people who are like, Oh, I don't want to do comedy. I have to do it. Yeah. It's those, it's yeah. those people who are going to remain. And it's right. not, that's a lot of times it's like, that's why I'm saying I sort of bemoan the fact because it's like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to, I don't really <laughs> right. want to, but I'm. Yeah. I, what else am I going to do? Like yeah. fucking lose my goddamn mind at home? I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. So I, it's just going to be. Especially this week. Like, <laughs> I don't know when this comes out, but you know, we're three days after the fucking Capitol building got invaded and Ugh. You know, the insanity that's been going on and will continue to go on and like not being able to get on stage and just be like, what the fuck is happening? It's because it's people. that it's there's no monster truck rallies. There's no motocross. There's none of that yeah. stuff. If if we had that right. stuff going, there wouldn't, <laughs> there wouldn't be a fucking raid on the Capitol Dude, building. Exactly. Yeah, there wouldn't. It's that true. wouldn't happen. All those fucking toothless idiots would be. <laughs> 
be half drunk somewhere. Like, yep. you know, and I say this cause I'm half redneck, you know, I can, I can make fun <laughs> of my kind cause I right. fucking, I know that's all my relatives and stuff. Sure. I mean, some of them, not really, not the living ones, but half of my stock comes <laughs> from, cool ones. yeah, half my stock comes from those fucking, those people who, sure. like, if they had anything else to do, they would be doing it. Absolutely. It's, like, you're 100% correct. Like, like Q, Q fucking sucks. It's not Trump interesting. became entertainment rallies in Hollywood, like, Right mm -hmm. on Hollywood and Vine this summer, there were two or three with like relatively normal looking people standing there <laughs> holding Pizzagate signs. I was like, are you an improv troupe? What the fuck is this? Yeah. It is insane. And the, it's also, it's kind of like flat earthers. Like they don't actually believe a word of it. They've never put the thought into thinking, do I believe this or not? Mm -hmm. It is literally just like, this is what I am and what we are and what we're fucking doing because that guy said it and boom, we're going to do it. There's no like critical thinking going on no, whatsoever. It's, just, it's, it's like a pastime. It's like playing softball. Yeah. yeah. It's just owning owning libs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, all right, you owned us. You you think that Hillary Clinton runs a, a sex ring out of a pizza? Sure. Great. Sure. Yeah. It's like, Although, you, you know what? Honestly, maybe she does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With all the stuff that like, is anything crazier than Jeffrey Epstein's whole thing? Like, yeah, the uh, truth is strangers in fiction as always. It's the thing where yeah. mm -hmm. we're QAnon now. We did it. Look at that. Yeah. We converted. We figured it out. Yeah. It's well. It on is, that note, it's completely insane. <laughs> we're QAnon. Hi, I'm Q. Everybody, thank you for uh, paying attention for the past six months. It's going to get really cool once we reanimate <laughs> John F. Kennedy Jr.'s corpse. And fly it into the White House. God, I just, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next like two weeks. It really is going to be interesting. I kind of I love, I love it, but at the same time, I'm also like, I feel it feels like a, like watching someone burn a body where I just, I don't need to see it. <laughs> right. But yeah. I'm not going to be able to look away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, hold on, just one second. I'll be right back. Sure, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Not at all. No, I'm good. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Like it's it's that car wreck, can't look away vibe for sure. Yeah, and it also keeps me but from also, doing anything else. <laughs> does it? It did it on does. Wednesday, but like I was kind of instructed to not do anything else for for. Uh, well, you have a uh, job. That, that's yeah. different. You have a job have writing for a, a show that's topical, so right. That's uh, which I mean, selfishly, God, I can't wait to not have to write nothing but fucking Trump material. Oh, yeah, what a nightmare! It's, it's been a long, <laughs> <laughs> a long run of yeah that that real. bullshit. But that yeah, I mean, Wednesday was hilarious to me, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. I it's fuck everyone involved in the whole thing like I, I i had friends that were like oh can you believe this is happening in our country and i was like yeah yes I'll totally fucking what yes this is the most they just did it in what michigan or whatever two months ago yeah like, this is not new this if you get a, if you get a bunch thing. of people together and one person starts doing something other people are just going to join in yeah yeah that, I mean, that's all it was the people yeah. just—I mean, every, people act like they're immune to mob mentality. Almost no one's immune to that shit. <laughs> well, yeah, some version of it, sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, some version of it. Not storming the White House, but right. But know. like this thing, if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are kind of similar, and right. someone starts to do something they shouldn't, but this starts starts to be like this collective safety. Like, oh, I guess if, if we all do it, they can't. You know, I mean, <laughs> they can't arrest all of us. Yeah. Right. Oh, like yeah, maybe they <laughs> are, but we're in uh, jail. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't get in jail that day. <laughs> I made it home. Yeah, I made it home it's... to Bentonville. <laughs> Uh, Anderson Cooper was funny, man, with his, like, he made some flip remark about how an hour from now everybody will be back at their uh, holiday inns and eating at the Olive Garden, like how they're just such a bunch of, like, fake revolutionary clowns. They... I, I have enjoyed watching CNN just melt down. Like, Dude, they're CNN... all just at their wits end. They're like, fuck it. I'm going to call this guy an idiot on camera. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> hey, call... You can't call me that. <laughs> oh, we just did. We don't care anymore. Yeah, fucking Chris Cuomo is about to just put his fist through a wall. Like mm-hmm. I, I love, I love how enraged he gets. It's pretty funny. It's the best. Yeah, all that shit is just funny to now. It's right fun on, watching. Do you see like the British guy from ITV? I think it was like Ooh. India. No, he was like, uh, uh, it, like in the in the uh, in the fucking. Capitol building with all the red, like trying oh, to get really? interviews. But like he's British, so he sounds super fucking erudite and smart, and juxtaposing that with these dudes in Cabela sweatshirts with three teeth, <laughs> who can't. And he's all he's doing is giving them enough rope to hang themselves. Yeah, he's just like, tell us why you're here. Tell us what the goal is. This is our house. What? Okay, but what was like? Once you're in, like here we are. But like now, what's okay. the goal? They can't, dude. We've been tread on and uh. Uh, fuck yeah it's it's my favorite thing just i could watch that for hours dumb yeah, people trying to sound smart or the, you know after you get you got the thing you wanted but now uh you forgot to think of a second thing <laughs> right exactly it's like okay i have a exactly. hostage okay i want a helicopter it's like okay here's your helicopter where do you want to go it's like uh i want i want the helicopter it's like here's your helicopter <laughs> but you got it okay okay um, this is my helicopter <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yep. do you want us to shoot you now with a sniper, or wait till you get the helicopter? How do you want us to? When you get out, yeah, we'll track you. <laughs> it's, you're fucked. Yeah, people, people that are like, this was all planned. Trump planned this. Like, no, yeah. planned. Yeah. Fucking it. Let's not use the word planned. He instigated it for sure, mm-hmm. but there was no plan. The plan apparently was take a shit. Get inside. Get inside. And then a bunch of people took a shit. Leave a and mark. And they smeared it on walls like monkeys. And that's uh, a revolution. Mm-hmm. That's a coup. Yeah, that's a coup. I love it. <laughs> people were using that word. The attempted coup. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. It's crazy it's how much nuts. there's no middle ground. There's almost like never in the news now where you can't yeah. just be like a person who's standing in the middle being like, both of you are fucking crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's yeah. so hard to, Absolutely. to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is uh, there's a stunning lack of nuance for sure. Yeah. <laughs> stunning lack of nuance would be a great podcast or anything. <laughs> stunning lack of nuance. That's the world we live in, man. And whether it's you know social media outrage or fucking everything else, there's no yeah. no goddamn in between. It's just, this is bad. You fucking suck. Yeah. All right. That's Insanity. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for talking to me, yep. Brian. It was fun, man. Dude, of course. Anytime you want to shoot the shit about jazz records, nobody cares about it. Oh. Let me know. 
We're gonna make we're gonna make them fucking care. Yeah. Hell yeah.